What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Well, free agency is officially here. The draft is in the books. And JC, it's all on the Lakers as to what comes next. Welcome in, everybody. Of course, this is the Hoopball Lakers podcast. Here with your main man, JC DeLeon1. On Twitter, JC DeLeon in your hearts. And, of course, I am at Ethan underscore Noroff on Twitter or otherwise known as just Ethan Noroff. How the hell are you? Dennis Schroeder is officially in purple and gold. And as we move forward, JC, it's hard not to say that the Lakers need to emphasize the wing. What are your thoughts? No action in the draft except for the Schroeder trade. Were you hoping the Lakers could have traded in the second round? Were you disappointed? Give me a quick breakdown here. Uh, I mean, they made that free agent signing of Xavier Simpson out of Michigan. He's he's probably going to end up being a G League talent. He's got a decent three-point shot, but he's going to be non-impactful for a couple of years. But I I do like... When the Lakers do make a move like that, with Alex Caruso going on the J.J. Redick podcast a few weeks ago like he did and kind of voicing to young guys like Xavier Simpson, you've got to understand what it is that you're trying out for in the league. Like You're not, you're not going to be the superstar you were in high school anymore. You've got to adapt to whatever your role is going to be. And to, for Caruso, having won a championship embodying that, I think, is, is, is a great message for the rest of the league and to a guy like, like Xavier Simpson. Could not agree more. And speaking of Caruso, obviously we know he's going to play a major role on the team next year. But right now, JC, he's one of only a handful of guards currently technically on the roster. No Rajon Rondo, no Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and no Avery Bradley after Avery Bradley declined his $5 million option by the Thursday deadline. JC, I sat here and said that I, I would have been surprised if Bradley opted out. And I'm still kind of sitting here trying to figure it out because maybe I'm maybe I'm just non-optimistic on his behalf. But this is a guy we haven't seen play since March. Do we really think he's going to get more than five million dollars annually? I mean, I just maybe I'm see, not seeing something that's obvious. But help me out here. Yeah, I mean, maybe his his agent has kind of have put his ears to the ground and sort of, sort of knows what's out there for him, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have anticipated him opting out for... I mean, if he's going to get a raise, I can't imagine it's much of one. I think it's just hard for me to see what would have been a better situation for him as well from a career standpoint. I mean, if he would have opted into that $5 million, he would have been, not I don't want to say guaranteed a major role, but 
you know, carved out a, a fairly solid role on this team, at least more likely than not, even in the event that KCP does return, and even with the acquisition of Schroeder. And so I just feel a little bit, not confused, but, you know, just sort of that's interesting piece. So I'm curious. I don't think the Lakers have completely closed that door, but obviously I don't think they're going to uh, give Avery Bradley a raise, especially since I really think the Lakers need to return Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And although a lot of Lakers fans would sit here and say we overpaid him in the past, which I agree with, I think he is due a raise from, from what his current contract had called for, given his play in the bubble especially. Yeah, I think he's he's found a role on this team. He's found uh, kind of a niche being being one of LeBron's guys. And, yeah, that's you can put a lot of value on that. He's He's earned... You can make the argument that he kind of outkicked his coverage with the co- contract he got before, but he eventually earned it at the end, and so he's definitely earned a raise. I think like a one-year, fourteen million dollar contract, or a two-year, twenty-six to twenty-eight million dollar contract, is probably sort of in the neighborhood of what KCP is looking for. Do you think the Lakers are willing to meet that price, or do you think the Lakers are more comfortable maybe with like one and? 13 or 2 and 25. I mean, I think if the Lakers could get KCP back at 2 and 25, no options, just straight deal. I think that'd be I think that'd be a nice win-win for both sides, but KCP might want a little bit more than that. Yeah, I mean, 2 for 25 is 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 a fair deal. I think it's probably right around where we should be. That's I mean, like a like a 25% raise, I think something like that. That's it's pretty good. I mean, I would certainly take it if it were offered to me, and I'm not making anywhere near that kind of NBA money in education, but that's a story for a different day. You know, you look at the free agent shooting guard class, JC, and I just don't see a whole lot of whole lot of love there, shall we say. I mean, Bogdan Bogdanovich is somehow available again as a restricted free agent after that whole botched trade with the Bucks and Kings, which, you know, just as a quick side piece, how do you allow that to leak if you don't have that 100% certain? I mean, that's just embarrassing. But you look around, you think Joe Harris probably too expensive for this team, depending upon how they prioritize, and we'll get into that, but Joe Harris would be a great sort of dream target for this team, if, uh, especially in the event that KCP is not back. But Joe Harris, you know, Rodney Hood opted out. He's coming off a torn Achilles. Uh, Garrett Temple had his option decline. Obviously, Lakers have been connected with Wes Matthews, but it ain't exactly a sexy class at the shooting guard position. No, not really. And, yeah, I think when it when it comes to that, they might want to look at what might be available on the buyout market. Uh, it's, it's too early for that to, to right now, but, you know, Trevor Reza is – he was on his way back to the Rockets for a third time, and that he immediately got shipped off to Detroit. And the immediate word after that was he's not going to be a piston. So, like, he's somebody who can be bought out. Um, you know, I've heard Rob Polinka say he wants to focus on building teams that can that can last and sort of sustain. And so, I don't know how many older veterans like a Trevor Ariza they're going to go for, um, but I think he's someone who who might be a, a good replacement for a guy like Avery Bradley. I think that the Trevor Ariza connection comes up because obviously, you know, he the role that he played for the franchise prior. I think, you know, counting on Trevor Ariza to play a significant or even 20-minute-a-night role on a championship-level team might be a hard ask, but maybe he still has it in him. I'm not, you know, I haven't seen it. I'm not to say sit here and say that he's incapable of it, but I certainly haven't seen it recently. So if he were to matriculate his way to Lakers on, on by means of a minimum type of deal, 
I think that's, you know, more comparable to like Jared Dudley. I would take Trevor Ariza over Jared Dudley because I think Trevor Ariza has more as a basketball player on the court right now than Jared Dudley does. But Jared Dudley provides invaluable leadership. So, you know, there's there's a there's a trade off there. It's the Udonis Haslam piece. Right. But I think the Lakers, regardless, even in the event that KCP does return, J.C., because if you believe in Instagram videos and things like that, he's still working out in Lakers gear. I think he knows he's got a good deal with LeBron and he's in that crew, like you mentioned. I, I think that lines up. So hopefully that continues that relationship. But I continue to look at the wing and Rob Palinka today when he was talking about this team, you know, he spoke to Kuzma's contract situation. He spoke very much like a like a former agent, current, you know, GM saying you know, he's been very good for us since we've drafted him and yada, 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 and we'll continue to evaluate his play and we'll visit it when the time is right, and that's all fine and good. But like we talked about before, we just can't see a scenario where Kuzma and the Lakers come together on a number. You know, before the early deadline, I, I see Kuzma hitting restricted free agency next year. And Palinka talked up, you know, Kuzma's ability to play on the wing, which is all fine and good, but to me, I still think that's an area where the Lakers need help. And you know, JC, you know I've been very vocal about another JC, Jay Crowder. Yeah, I mean, I see he's he's still out there, and I think he's still feasible. Um, the thing with Kyle Kuzma, I think the Lakers are in a really interesting position now where uh, now that Danny Green's gone, I think there's space for them to figure out uh, where Kyle Kuzma can play in the starting lineup. And, and if he's going to ascend this year, I think that's the way to, to have him do it. Oh, that's an interesting take. Okay, so where where do you start him in that lineup? What does that look like? I mean, he can, you know, you figure you go with a small-ish backcourt back if you're going to have, um, you know, Schroeder. Uh, LeBron's basically going to start at small forward, but he's, he's your de facto point guard. Uh, and so, you know, Kuzma is your power forward. Technically, Anthony Davis is your center, but you're basically going with a centerless lineup at that point. And so, yeah, I think it's it's a tall, versatile lineup that that's almost positionless, with the exception of like Schroeder. That does require the Lakers' biggest free agent, Anthony Davis, to opt in to the idea of playing center in the starting five, at least in theory, right? In terms of how it reads in the box score. And speaking of Anthony Davis, JC, you know. We haven't really discussed his pending free agency. I shouldn't even say pending. He is a free agent right now. But he's still, you know, at events with LeBron. Or I shouldn't say at events in a COVID world, right? But, like, they're in their social bubble together. So they're they're having their tequila party or whatever the hell it was that I saw yeah. on Instagram the other day. Yeah. Okay? I was going to say, they, they so, both started a tequila company. Like, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's, let's be honest here. You know, LeBron doesn't push for the this trade ad doesn't push for this trade the clutch connection doesn't push for this trade unless it was meant to be a sustainable partnership i think both sides realize what they have not only in each other but also in the power of this particular franchise behind them if you're anthony davis you can be the megastar the next face of the lakers after lebron james you know in the shadow of kobe bryant and, and be built around i mean you could be you know this generation's sort of shack for lack of a better comparison that's that's sort of tangible there and obviously two very different players but at the same time right in terms in terms of that iconic status if anthony davis continues to win in la i think he could work his way up there and another championship or two with lebron is you know i don't want to say impossible it's certainly not probable but i would say at least one more could be feasible while lebron is still uh, sort of at the top of his game and i think the biggest question with anthony davis you know for at least for me 
is not obviously will he resign, but what type of deal will he resign, right? And I think that that's what Lakers fans are going to be most interested in once once uh, we get news of what's next, right? Is that sort of what you're looking at? Yeah, like to um, to, to kind of look at the numbers and guess. Like LeBron is his cap figure is like at 39. Other similar players for what Anthony Davis might get, like a James Harden, his, his cap hit this season is like 41. So Anthony Davis is probably not going to be quite that high, but there there are a number of players who are in the mid to high 30s, and so it's probably what Anthony Davis is going to be at. And if you're the Lakers, because I'm sure they're going to present him, you know, a myriad of deals, probably any deal that he wants, they're probably just going to say pick one. That's what I would do at this point. Okay, what what is the what is the ideal for the Lakers here? Is there an ideal? Do you want to lock him up as long as you can, or do you want to give yourself that flexibility, right? Like, what's what's the win from the Lakers' perspective to you? Um, I feel like I don't know well, if keep, maxing keep out the – Keep in mind, LeBron is signed through 2021, and then through 2021-22 he has a $41 million player option. So this mm-hmm. is the last quote-unquote guaranteed – year on his deal although i would imagine he will exercise that 41 million but he might not he might opt out and re-sign if he still feels like he could play for another two years at least yeah i mean there's a number of different factors like like covid sort of having an effect on the salary cap might make might make it be might might have him match lebron and have a one and one or maybe he might right. have a two and one, uh, and so you figure if he's a one and one, the cap bounces back next year. Then he can then he can go for a supermax again next year and get even more money. Um, it's hard to say at that at this point. There's so many ways in which that could play out, and that obviously is going to affect what the Lakers are going to be able to do going forward. But you know, I could definitely see a scenario where it's like a one and one deal. You know, LeBron and AD could quote unquote come off the books following the season, and the Lakers could make a pursuit for you know player X or player Y, whoever that's going to be. But it's certainly going to be interesting, given that you know the Lakers are in position to keep him long term, no matter what. At least as how it stands right now. So I think that's why Lakers fans aren't really sweating it. And I think Lakers fans, you know, like a lot of basketball fans, I think every basketball fan is just sort of saying like, holy hell, the season is about to start. Like, what is going on right now, right? Like the draft, free agency, then pseudo training camp, whatever it's going to be. And then, hello, you know, first day of the season is going to be three days before Christmas. So I just think it's fascinating to see how it's all sort of breaking down. Now, focusing on the Lakers free agents, let's talk about, you know, a guy who's coming back. Uh, JaVale McGee, 4.2 million. JC, you identified that as a no-brainer option for him to come back on and obviously he was true to his word on that one so JaVale is back uh, at least for the time being and I think the Lakers are you know with Dwight Howard if you had to say yes or no is Dwight Howard back is it a yes or a no uh, I think yes I think I think they're in a position where the way the game has evolved this, this is going to be a, a two-centered team they're, they'll have two centers in the roster and that'll pretty much be it. And so I think it'll be those guys. I think I think center is, center is a position, the way this team plays defense, the way this team plays offense, um, you, you don't need a big name, high money center. I agree with you on that. So let me let me just kind of play, right? I, I think if you ask me today if I think Dwight will be back, I think my answer would be the same. I think it's a yes. But let me just throw an idea at you here. Nerland's Noel. Yeah, I mean, you've talked about. Yeah, I like it. I mean, there's there's the clutch connection there. He is that type of center. He doesn't shoot a lot of threes, but he's that versatile type of center. 
Uh, if you run into a small team like the Rockets, uh, you want your center to be to be versatile enough to guard smaller guys out on the wing, and that's something Nerlens can definitely do. Uh, and so, yeah, from that aspect, you like it. He's got the familiarity with Dennis Schroeder. When I was watching a lot of Dennis Schroeder's uh, highlights, um, he passes to a cutting Nerlens a lot, and so there's that familiarity there. You can sort of have a, you can sort of replicate a little bit the chemistry Rondo had with with Anthony Davis and sort of bring that to uh, to Nerlens Noel. What about a guy like Aaron Baines? Uh, I do like a guy like Aaron Baines. He's uh, he brings a sort of toughness on the inside. What's that? He can shoot it a little bit too. Yeah, he can shoot a little bit too. So yeah, he's he's not as quick laterally, and so guarding smaller guys in the wings That's is true. probably an issue there. But uh, good rim protector. He can spot out and shoot baseline threes. So yeah, he's good there. That's about one of the only other names that really stands out to me on that center free agent list. So right now, I'm inclined to agree with you that Dwight Howard does come back. I don't think the Lakers would want to, you know, commit more than a year to Dwight. Uh, I think two, they'd only do two in a scenario where, like, the second year was minimally guaranteed or something like that, conditional like that. And I think for the Lakers and for Dwight, it, it makes sense for Dwight to continue, you know, his success in the role that he carved out with this team. You know, he's had such a sort of checkered career for lack of a better way to say it and you know i'd imagine he's not going to play for the next five years probably i mean, i think he's probably going to be done playing before that time uh comes and goes but we'll see and i think he'd be smart to continue sort of enjoying the success he's having showing people that you know he can he can thrive in that role and then sort of going from there should he choose to do so but i think it could be a win-win if it's like a one year i don't know i mean if javel mcgee's making four million dollars what's the way i make him seven yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, he he might ask for something like that. I mean, he played for the minimum this past year. They won a championship. He's probably gonna ask for a pretty sizable raise. And that's and that's the tough piece because if you can have Dwight for seven or or Nerlens for you know three, right? Like um, I look at that and I go, man, I, I'd rather have Nerlens. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that surprised me about Schroeder is I didn't realize he was as young as he is. He's twenty seven. Nerlens is twenty six. Um. I, I can't remember now if the Lakers were the oldest team in the league last year, but based on some of the things that Rob Polinka said, they don't want, they don't necessarily want the oldest team in the league next year. They want to be able to improve and they want to have guys that they can rely on in the long term beyond LeBron and Anthony Davis will still be there, obviously. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, okay. So right now we're both in the camp that Dwight returns. Okay. So let's, let's continue to play this out. Uh, KCP, yes or no? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think I think he's. We talked about the familiarity that he has with LeBron. Um, I think the effort he plays on defense. I think he could really carve a niche out for himself on this team as being the the sixth man. And I think I think you know I think that's a goal he can set for himself this year. Like I want to be the sixth man of the year, and I think that's something he can go for and do. I think that'd be a great goal for him. Now, let me ask you this question next: Avery Bradley. Uh, I mean, it depends on how much money he's he's going to command, and 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 how much um, like what else is going to yes, be available no. out on on as far as wings out on the uh, market. No, no conditional, no conditional cop outs. You got to give me a yes or a no. If uh, if you had to answer today, you think he's back or not? Oh, if I do, well, simply if I just think he's back, uh, probably not. I think probably not too, and I really think the Lakers have to be in the market. On the wing, shooting guard, small forward, maybe a guy who could do a little bit of both. Um, speaking of which, totally. <laughs> 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Be uh, connected to the position, but not the topic. Gordon Hayward opting out. I, I I like that he can control his own destiny, but you know, yikes, man, it's tough to blink at a, a thirty, almost thirty-five million dollars. But that said, on the wing, I think you know Lakers should be looking at guys now. You know, I know a lot of Lakers fans would love a guy like Jeremy Grant, but he's not going to decline his nine point three million dollar option just to take the mid level with the Lakers. I, I don't see that happening. So, you know, I think we we should really be looking at names more in the category of like. Mo Harkless, Jay Crowder, like I've mentioned at nauseum, I'm going to keep sticking that name down everybody's throat who will listen to me. Uh, Tory Craig is a guy who could be interesting. Derek Jones Jr., uh, sort of more in that bucket of players. Uh, I wish Michael Kidd Gilchrist, you know, the idea of Michael Kidd Gilchrist, is, or excuse me, Michael Kidd Gilchrist is still better than the reality of Michael Kidd Gilchrist, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish it were a little bit better. Uh, but, you know, it starts to fall off fast, man. It's, it's sort of like looking at the fantasy waiver wire once you're halfway, three-quarter way into the season. You're like, man, there's a whole lot of people here, but none that I'm really excited about, you know. So I think uh, I think it should be interesting. I, I, I don't think Josh Jackson is, is a fit for this team, but – I'm curious to see where where a young guy like that goes after sort of you know proving himself uh, or reproving himself in the league at least on a limited basis. Uh, guy, a guy I don't want to see on the Lakers, sort of the mold of this player, is uh, like Evan Turner. I, I don't think the Lakers are going to benefit from a guy who can't be an asset from the perimeter. I think the Lakers have to emphasize three and D when it comes to shooting guard and small forward. I think the perimeter defense is a huge piece as part of what makes their overall defense successful. And, you know, as we said last season, the Lakers were best when they stuck to their uh, defensive identity and allowed that to really drive the ship. So I think that emphasis on the perimeter defense, that would be what I would prioritize in free agency if I were Rob Palenka calling the shots here. Yeah, I mean, they've either got to be an otherworldly defender or they've got to be... They could be a decent defender if they shoot like 37, 38% or better from three. That's that's sort of what you're looking at. You either want a great defender who can, maybe if he shoots in the low 30s, it's fine. But if he's a great defender, defender kind of like Alex Caruso, or um, somebody who's not that great a defender but shoots lights out like a Joe Harris. Man, I would love Joe Harris on this team. That would be such a huge addition to this roster. But... I feel like he's going to be worth far more than what the Lakers can offer him on the open market. And speaking of the open market, JC, you know, sometimes we like to cloak our identities. And, you know, there, you know me. There are tons of VPN providers out there. You've probably heard of a couple of them. And some of you may have even used a VPN before. But I like to do my research on the sponsors, and I recommend brands to my listeners that I believe in. So I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market, and here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. What? I know. But ExpressVPN develops a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. And it's not just me saying this, it's Wired, The Verge, CNET, and many other tech experts rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN in the world. So to protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust, use my link expressvpn.com slash hoopball. 
That's expressvpn.com slash hoopball today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash hoopball to learn more. VPN is a good deal, man, especially if you're talking about streaming League Pass. Uh, you know, just a quick little tip to our listeners out there as well. If you identify yourself in uh, a foreign country, you might be able to acquire a League Pass for cheaper. You did not hear that here, okay, Jason? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how that's how it goes sometimes. But I think for the Lakers, the wing has to be the priority. I am curious to see what they do at, at power forward and center, obviously, with the reconstruction of their roster. Um a guy, you know, my dream target, JC, my or I should say my dream trade target, PJ Tucker. Tell me PJ Tucker would not just be a dream fit on this team. He would, and I think there's a lot of unanswered questions that are going to com- come out of Houston because Houston is somehow, some way, with all the success they've had the last couple of years, they're kind of a dumpster fire right now. Uh, they've pretty much committed to the fact that they're going to have to get rid, they're going to have to trade Harden somewhere. Um they realize they're in a position where he can't just pick where he wants to go, but uh, yeah, Houston might be—they might be bailing water, and they might—they might buy out a guy like PJ Tucker. Let's talk about Schroeder a little bit because we haven't really got into you know what he brings to the Lakers. Uh, you've been talking him up like he's going to be in the starting lineup, so you believe he was brought in to be a starter? Is that correct? Yeah, I think I think he's uh, he can. Yeah, he can he can run the point, and he can also he's a catch and shoot shooting guard so i think he can do both figure lebron's going to be a de facto point guard and so yeah i think a guy like schroeder can sort of act in as the in that two role so i think with schroeder the lakers are getting a guy who can obviously score for himself you know whether you believe in his improvement as a shooter last year depends on what side of the sort of coin you want to look at do you believe it was a sign of of true improvement or wasn't an outlier i think the encouraging thing was i saw a stat that was something like you know of his catch and shoot attempts from three he was something like 41 percent, i believe it was so that's obviously an asset that, that can work well in that starting lineup I do think it helps the Lakers to have a guy in the backcourt who's long, who's lanky, who can sort of disrupt things on both sides of the floor. Uh, I don't know enough about him as a defender yet to really make a judgment call, but I like that he uses his length to his advantage. He is a crafty passer. There's a reason he drew Rondo comparisons a lot, especially earlier in his career. I think he does approach the game from a heady standpoint. Now, Rondo's a special basketball IQ mind, so keep that comp- that compar- that comparison in mind. But all of that said, I, d- I do like Schroeder as an addition to this team. I think he offers more value short-term in particular to what the 28th pick could have offered. And we all know that Danny Green was on the block. And I think when you look at it like that, this, this this all adds up to a winning move for the Lakers. And I like that if they were going to acquire a quote-unquote major piece in terms of, you know, an impact name through trade, I like doing it early because then that player can be integrated from the onset. Yeah, I like it. That echoes one of the things that uh, Shannon Sharp said on his show. He he really liked how proactive Rob Polinka was last year. Um Everyone kind of waited for for Kawhi and to see what what decision he was going to make. And by the time he had decided, a lot of the other free agents had decided uh, what they were going to do. And so he wasn't going to put himself in that position this year. He wanted to go out and make a move now. Um, yeah, talking looking at Schroeder's uh, heat map uh, from his shots. One of the, I mean, it might be a weird thing that that could have affected Danny Green, but a lot of the Lakers and the way LeBron plays, he needs 
shooters are great at baseline threes. And baseline threes are easier because it's a shorter shot. Um, but I wonder if a guy like Danny Green shot so many baseline threes once he got out to the to the wing and, and the top of the key where he missed that infamous shot at the end of game five. Um, they're just kind of not used to shooting in that specific spot. And Schroeder's heat map specifically, it was, I mean, it was red baseline. There's also kind of yellow at the top right corner. And so, yeah, he can he can move around and, sh- and catch and shoot from all over the place. I think Palenka sees a player who's just overall offers sort of a comparable skill set from behind the three-point line, at least in terms of, you know, what we saw from Green last year and Truder last year, but also offers just more general offensive upside. And, and it does diversify the team a little bit a, a little bit i think one of the things the lakers struggle with at times is when the second unit came in last uh last season who would sort of be the focal point of the offense and i think schroeder will play a fair amount with the second unit you know i think i think that could be a role for him especially him and kuzma so we'll see how that works out and i, I but regardless uh you know Taylor horton tucker is a guy i think who could play a role on this team next year I don't know that he'll be an every night rotation piece because, you know, he's going to have to prove it. But the Lakers need at least a couple of more guards in that backcourt. And to me, they're like another, you know, small forward and power forward. They got to add. I, I We talked about Markeith Morris potentially coming back. Maybe, maybe not. Um, there's a lot of different directions. The Lakers could go with their mid-level. Uh, I would imagine Jay Crowder. Yes, I know, the famous Jay Crowder. I would imagine that Jay Crowder would require probably the entirety of the mid-level, would you say, JC? Do you think they could get away with breaking it? Um, yeah, I mean, that that might be about where he's at. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're looking at Jay Crowder on like a two-year, you know, sort of 18 and a half, 19 million dollar deal for the mid-level, right? Something sort of in that neighborhood, then you're not going to really be able to extract anything else from there. But the Lakers could choose to split the mid-level as well and, and pursue multiple players. I do think there will be guys who are, you know, itching to play for the Lakers, given the title connection, given LeBron and AD, the obvious, we don't have to expand it too much. But I think also, you know, the Lakers are going to have to, you know, one of the things that Palinka said, and it was really nice to hear him say, uh, on the note of, of, of complacency was that he said, look, you know, we're not going to sit idly by. <clears throat> we understand that we won a championship, but we also understand that we need to improve our team. So I think he will continue to be proactive in seeking out those opportunities, but it's going to have to happen quick just because the turnaround is literally three weeks and then the season starts. Yeah, I mean, we're already just a little, a little more than a month away from the actual start of the season. And so, yeah, I think I think teams can – officially start signing here in the next day or two and so yeah everything's gonna move really fast and furious by the time our listeners are hitting this podcast free agency will be open friday i believe it is 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific is the official opening window you know we're gonna get news from shams and woes long before then jc if i had to sit here and ask you to make a Lakers free agency prediction or two, anything top of mind come to your heart, soul, or body? Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of smoke around the the West Matthews. Um, that seems to be plausible. Uh, a lot of the rumors have sort of died down around Ibaka, and so that sort of seems to be, those seem to be dwindling. tell me that a heavy.com report was inaccurate, <laughs> J.C.? Is that what you are saying? Yeah. I don't know how they, they sneak it in my Facebook feed, but 
They do. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, so the Ibaka smoke has died down. I agree. I don't think there was any smoke behind that. I'm not even going to call it a fire. Uh, the Wes Matthews piece does make a lot of sense to me. I agree with that. Um, and I think the fact that it was so out there initially is a good indication that it's overwhelmingly likely to come to fruition. I am very curious to see what the Lakers do on the wing, I have to say. I just think that there's an opportunity to really add a player, and I'm just going to say his name again, and Jay Crowder, who could play the 2, 3, or 4 in any, you know, in, in any given lineup, given the construct, he can be respectable from three. You know he's going to be a junkyard dog. He's tough defensively. He's strong. He's strong-willed. He sticks up for his teammates. That was an element that Markeith Morris added to this team that the Lakers didn't really have. They didn't really have that enforcer, so to speak. Uh, Dwight Howard is, is not really that guy as big and strong as he is, if that even makes sense. So I loved what Markeith brought from that standpoint, and I think Jake Crowder would just be, you know, a, from a character perspective, such a solid addition to this group. And, and Palinka spoke about having guys who embody sort of the dog and the tough work and hard work and gritty work ethic. Jay Crowder fits that to a T. Yeah, he does. I, I totally agree. I think I think he's, he was such a good fit in Miami. I just think they're going to try really hard to keep him. But uh, I, I do love the idea of Jay Crowder. And, and like I've said before, I, I've, I've seen it work in Cleveland. Okay, and I, I don't know why so Cleveland traded him. Ugh, I'm going to be so disappointed, JC, if it does not come to fruition. I'm going to be so honest. But in the event that it does not come to fruition, the Lakers do have other options. I don't think a guy like Danilo Gallinari, sort of in the same bucket as Serge Ibaka, you know, too expensive, not going to take the mid-level. It's a nice thought, but I just I don't see it happening. I'm curious to see, you know... I, I, I do think that KCP comes back. Uh, I do think the Lakers will use the full mid-level exception, but you know, usually you can be patient in certain situations. I feel like this is one where teams, you know, are sort of going to go on a frenzy because they feel like they can't afford to be patient, right? There's there's such a limited time window, and I think teams are going to make some, you know, rush decisions in the process, and and some, you know, there's always bad decisions in free agency, but those rush decisions are going to create another variable that's just uh challenging yeah and and like i said i think i think houston is going to end up being the the spark that that moves that makes makes a lot of the moves happen um depending on where harden goes because it seems like he's going to be gone at this point um i imagine houston's also going to try to get rid of russell westbrook but i don't see how his his him and john wall have two of the most immo- immovable contracts, um, and there was talk of them being traded for each other, which kind of makes sense, uh, but uh, not really. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think once those moves happen, that'll open up a lot more mo- other moves. It's going to be absolutely wild, especially as people prepare for their fantasy basketball draft seasons and just general player movement around the NBA. So in addition to following at Hoopball tweets and at Hoopball Fantasy. You know what it is time for. And if you don't, you are in for a treat because it's Hoopball promo time. And this is a huge week, a huge period of time for everyone at Hoopball because all of our 2020 21 NBA season products are 
finally for sale. Stick with us here because there's a lot to go over, but we almost never push the hoop ball products, and this is the window during the year where we need to power the engine. Here's what's out there. The draft guide. This is our flagship, our shining beacon, the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. Our guys went 400 deep, 400 players deep again this year, okay? 400 deep. A future access pass to the Brewski 150 is also out. And if you don't know the Brewski 150, you need to know it now. It's the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years. And new for this year, Hoopball is unveiling our monthly membership plans. That's right, the monthly membership plans. And I'll try to keep this part short as much as I can. We have the Fantasy Pass, which includes the Draft Guide, the Brewski 150, the also-new DFS Pass, and all of our in-season premium tools. The DFS Pass is also available on its own if that's your thing. We have the new wager pass for sports bettors who want picks and analysis. And we have the Hoopball 360. That sucker has all the stuff above, plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. So right now, head to hoop-ball.com or follow at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter to learn, learn more and get yours. JC, whew, I'm glad I could breathe through my nose after that <laughs> deviated septum surgery. Otherwise, I would have never got through it, man. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, if you follow Hoopball Gaming, uh, those guys definitely know their stuff. Um, if you follow them on Twitter, they'll they they tweet out a link to some list from a, from another big sports Twitter account where they're one of the more accurate sports betters out there. And uh, to throw out another promo, uh, mybookie.ag. If you use promo code Hoopball, they will match a hundred percent of your deposit. Take the picks that you get from Hoopball Gaming over to mybookie.ag with the promo code HOOPBALL, and you will be a winner. All right, JC. So my bet is that your bet is on Wes Matthews, and my bet is on Jay Crowder. Any other free agents that you are willing to wager on coming to the Lakers? Um, man, uh, free agents. Um, nothing, nothing else I can think of right now. I think they're going to kind of – they they'll go for those main targets and sort of see what else falls falls to the falls out and is available. I think the guys that we talked about make a lot of sense on last episode and on this one. I think prioritizing the wing is the way to go with support down low to follow. Bring back KCP. Let's see this Lakers team return with a strong roster with unity, cohesiveness, and a commitment to defense, and of course with Anthony Davis, and they'll be in good shape. As a reminder, you got to follow at, J- J- at JCDeLeon1 on Twitter, at Ethan underscore Noroff on Twitter, and of course, follow the show, download, listen, and subscribe at Hoopball Lakers. Until next time, the Lakers are going to be busy, and we'll bring it right back at you. But till then, we out. This has been a Hoopball presentation.